by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Just ask you to have your way today, God. We need you. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you, Father, and God, do our best to step out of the way so you can have your way. And we give you praise for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say it with me. Speak the same thing. How many of you have ever... uh, I want to preach to you today this topic, and it's just one voice. Say that with me. One voice. How many of you have ever been in a room and everybody was speaking several different conversations going on? Anybody ever been there? And that's not, that, you know, it's, it's not hard really for you to focus if you're focused in on one conversation. My mom used to go to restaurants and we would eat and my dad would always grow a little frustrated because it took mom so long to eat. And the reason it took mom so long to eat is because she was always trying to hear somebody else's conversation. (laughs) We went out to uh, Ryan's here. My mom's gone on to be with the Lord now and I love you, Mom. And so we, uh, we went out to Ryan's one time, and, you know, the family was there, and Mom was sitting, and I, she was, you know, taking a bite, and she's pausing, and she was chewing real slow. And I thought, man, she seems intent on something. And all of a sudden, she leaned across the table, and she said, did you hear what they said? <laughs> One voice, one voice, now, you know, you you can, uh, one voice can have a huge impact, right? Or it can be very confusing. You know, Debbie's dad, how many, anybody in here wear hearing aids? You got, or or have a a hard time hearing? My my father-in-law used to wear hearing aids, and he's gone on to be with the Lord as well, but what I noticed about him, he told me, he said, man, he said, when I get in a room and there are a bunch of people talking, he said, it's all confusion to me. He said, I can't understand a word anybody is saying. So he had a cure for that. He would turn his hearing aids off. How many of you know sometimes it's better just not to hear anything? You know, and, and so he would, he would turn his hearing aid off and he'd be in the room just as content as he could be because he wasn't hearing nothing you were saying. And, but one voice, I thought about the power of one voice. I think sometimes we don't realize the impact that we can have. Just one voice to illustrate that if you, if you want a personal illustration, go into a movie theater this evening and yell fire. You're, you're the only one yelling it. But believe me, you're going to find out how big of an impact your voice can have. 
And by the way, just as a disclaimer, if you do that, there better be a fire or you're going to be getting carted off to jail. Because your voice can have such an impact that some things are not lawful to say. It's against the law to yell fire in a public place unless there's really a fire, especially in a theater house, unless there's really a fire. The power of one voice. Do you remember a guy in history by the name of uh, Paul Revere? His voice was so powerful. He, he made a, they, they wrote a poem about him, and I want to share this poem with you if I can. It says, listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that famous day and year. He said to his friend, in the British march by land or sea from the town tonight, hang a lantern aloft in the belfry arch of the northern church tower as a signal light. One if by land and two if by sea, and I on the opposite shore will be ready to ride and spread the alarm through every Middlesex village and farm for the country folk to be up and to arm. We read that and, and, and we think about that, but if you could put yourself there, if you could fathom what it was like to be there and the impact that his voice had, one voice riding through the night, crying, the British are coming. But that one voice sounded an alarm, and it triggered such a reaction that soon every farmer was calling his neighbor, and Minutemen began to appear, and that one voice would ring out and shout in a shout that's recorded in history. That, that shout would be heard clear around the world. Now, I understand that they say it's the shot that was heard clear around the world. But please bear in mind, there would have been no shot had there not first been a shout. I thought about his coming and how it's going to be triggered. That there'll be a shout. <laughs> Dead in Christ are going to rise, a trumpet blast. Somebody say a cry. My daughter was in her house the other day, and my uh, grandson, her son, was downstairs, and he was blowing on, was it, he was blowing on a horn? I have to take a little bit of artistic liberty here. But he, was, he, he did something downstairs that my daughter heard upstairs. And she, I, think, I, I think it was he had a horn, a trumpet, and he, he, was, he played trumpet before, and he blew that trumpet, and, man, and, and Bethany didn't realize that he was downstairs, and she heard that trumpet sound and all of a sudden, she's looking, and she said, Dad, I was going, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to miss it. Somebody say it with me. I don't want to miss it. 
And so that shout that Paul Revere gave caused a reaction. Do you understand that your voice can have an impact? That your voice can cause a reaction. I was privileged to be able to go to Concord. And as I stood there and I looked in that open field and I, I stood by that bridge that they were crossing. And I thought about what transpired there that day. I thought about the young man that saw the strongest army in the world marching toward them. And he understood what was at risk here. Do I capitulate? Do I just give up? Do I throw up my hands and surrender to them? But in that moment, he made a split decision that there are some things that are still worth dying for. That there are some things that I would rather stand for than to lay down over. That there are times in your life that you have to make up your mind that I'm not going to give up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to say, my voice will be heard. And when he pulled that trigger, he knew full well that he would engage the strongest army in the world at that time. But he pulled it because he refused to be silenced. Somebody say one voice. Let me read a passage of scripture for you. Before I read that, okay, let me just read that passage of scripture. It says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, as it says in King James, but here it says the voice of one shouting. Everybody say shouting. And so John's voice, but what was he shouting about? What was his voice saying? Get ready. The Lord's coming. That's pretty relevant to our day, isn't it? Sometimes we just kind of set back and we kick back in our own little comfort zone and we do life and, and, and that's all well and good and I understand that. But there ought to be something burning in our hearts that makes us want to cry out, you need to get ready. He's coming back. He is coming back. Do you know how powerful that voice was? how powerful it can be and how important it is that we're speaking the same thing. I thought about when I was a kid. You know, if you were raised in church, you won't understand this. Or you might understand it, but do, can you remember when you first heard a voice that impacted you and brought you to him? I remember going to church and the voice I heard was in singing. Now, there were a lot of people singing, but they were all speaking the same thing, so it sounded like one voice. Man, that one voice had a huge impact on my life. I'm going to ask the praise and worship team if they would. I, I, I just want to. Don't we have a good praise and worship team? Let's give them a hand clap. Thank God for them. 
they're going to come up, and I, I just want you to see the impact that one voice can have. We felt it over and over in services, haven't we? The impact that they can have. Go ahead, guys, and let me just get out of the way here for a second. Honey. Then sings my bet that shows up on YouTube. <laughs> See, what happens is when people, now every one of them were singing something about him. Every one of them were playing something about him. The problem was, was nobody was saying the same thing about him. Nobody was playing the same thing about him. And so instead of delivering a message that would bring you to him, it was a message that was like, what in the world is that? How many times have you been? Well, I've got to be careful here. <laughs> Let me just share this with you. It's my heart. My heart is God. This has been my prayer for years in my life from the time that I, I started preaching until now. And that's been, I started preaching when I was 18 years old. I tried at 15. It didn't work. <laughs> my brother put me up and, and said, here, you need to preach and, and, and put me up because somebody had spoke something over me at a meeting in Chicago. And, and he, the man, like just a few weeks later, he puts me up in the pulpit and says, you, you need to, you need to speak. Man, I was scared spitless. My knees shook, my hands sweated, and I thought, man, I can't do this. I can't, and that's the truth. I couldn't do that. But you know, years passed by, and I, I just kind of pushed all that aside. I forgot everything about what anybody had said. And then when I got 18 years old, and God really started dealing with my heart, I, I got down on my knees and began to pray. And I said, God, make your word come alive to me so I can make it come alive to others. I know I just got one voice, but if that one voice can be influenced by the power and the spirit of God. That voice can have an impact on people's lives. Do you hear what I'm saying? You may feel like you have no voice, like someone's taking it away from you. But I'm here to tell you today that God chose you. He made you. He doesn't make mistakes. And he wants your voice to cry out for him. That display that they put on brought me absolutely no pleasure at all. Us either. <laughs> they said us either. As a matter of fact, they asked, they said, Pastor, please, <laughs> let us sing something after we do that <laughs> together. And I thought it was necessary because you felt what it's like to be exposed to mass confusion. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to feel, are you doing Run to the Father? Oh, you're not doing that. Okay. All right. Come on, put your hands together. Oh, 
see, they, you, thank, give them a big hand. Thank you. Do you see how it changed everything? When they got up the first time they were doing that, nobody jumped up and started clapping their hands. And, yeah. Everybody was standing there like they were a deer in headlights trying to figure out what in the world is going on on that stage. See, this is what I want you to understand. You may be speaking truth, but are you speaking the right truth at the right time? Paul said, speak the same thing. He didn't tell them what they were saying was what wasn't true. Like, you know, they were, some of them were saying, well, you know, I was baptized by Peter. I was baptized by Cephas I was, or by, you know, Apollos. I was baptized by Paul. And he said, man, what is going on? Is Christ divided? He said, speak the same thing. I heard him message a long time ago, and it said the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> Say it with me. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So here's the question. What is the main thing? Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Oh, shout it again, Jesus. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's because everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> and we love to give it. How many of you like to express your opinion? Just ask yourself a question. You've been in a conversation where somebody was talking about something and you, you, you just felt the need to chime in and express to them your modest opinion. Because you felt like they need to know the truth. <laughs> and my opinion's all wrapped up in truth. Everybody has an opinion. But our opinions aren't going to change the world. What's going to change the world is Jesus. <laughs> Somebody shout it with me, Jesus. <laughs> so John is a voice of one crying in the wilderness and saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. What's he saying? He's saying, get ready, he's coming. <laughs> get ready, he is coming. And he came. And John looked at him, he said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Some disciples ran to John, they said, John, I, you know, what's going on, man? Everybody's walking off and following him. You know, we, we've been your disciples hanging out with you. And he said, I've got to decrease that he may increase. Let me just share this with you. When the focus is on ourself more than it's on God, we're always going to be out of focus. But when we can get our focus on God. I've prayed God, let me finish strong. You know, have you ever review your life? Have you ever just stopped and gone back through your life and thought about what God's done for you and how God's brought you to places that you never dreamed as a kid that you would ever be? You never thought, I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather if you'd have told me you're going to travel into all these countries and share the gospel and, you know, and all this stuff's going to happen. I'd have looked at you and said, uh. 
Debbie's dad looked at me one time when I was 18 years old, and he looked at me and he said, he, he, he said, Rick, he said, one of these days, he said, you're going to be flying all over the place preaching the gospel. And I looked at him, I shook my head, and I said, no. If I can't drive, it ain't happening. <laughs> I'm not getting on any plane. And I ate those words over and over and over. And after several hundred flights, I just quit eating. (laughs) Why? Because he saw something I didn't see. Sometimes we're afraid to open our mouth and share God because of what we see instead of what he sees. John, so <laughs> folks saw him. They, I mean, John didn't have a suit and tie like I got on. Next week, maybe I'll just come to the church in camel hair and some locusts hanging out my mouth. It wasn't, John was just doing and being who God called him to be. And he got the attention of a nation. He had the attention of a nation. I thought about John was fearless in his proclamation of truth. Even when rulers were, when Herod was wrong, John stood up and called it out. It was never about, he, he was never trying to get somebody to vote for his party. <laughs> he was trying to win people to God. Well, then why didn't he call Herod out? Because he wanted to see Herod saved. Do you understand that we have to, when, when the, the other voice that had a huge impact in my life was the first time I heard someone preach. And man, I felt something come over me, and, I'm, and, and it, it really kind of shook me up a little bit. I started to get nervous, and man, when I felt that I, I, he was, it was just one voice, but it had such an impact on me, and I turned around. My brother was in that service with me. Paul was in that service, and I was turning around to look at Paul to say, Paul, let's get out of here. When I turned around and looked at Paul, Paul's in the pew. I didn't come up around that man. I didn't know what was going on with my brother. I didn't know nothing about it. They told me about the Holy Ghost. And man, in, in a Sunday school class, I looked at them. I said, are you telling me that a ghost comes in here? See, we're so used to hearing Christian knees that we, we can't even relate to the world. I didn't grow up in it, man. I thought they were talking about poltergeists. I'm just being honest with you. I didn't understand what was going on. But what I felt, I could not dismiss. Hear what I'm saying. Words, my friend, are cheap. The Bible said that the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You can say a few words that have been dipped in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and it'll change lives around you. Just one voice. Somebody say, shout it out. You can't, you can't be afraid to speak. In the book of Acts, Peter sees this man at a gate that's called beautiful. And he can't walk, and he's begging. And Peter walked by him, and he said, here, look at me. And the guy looks up at him, and he's expecting the payoff. He's expecting, oh, this guy's going to give me some money. And Peter looked at him, and he said, I don't have any silver and gold. But there's something I do have. 
And what I do have, I want to give to you. And he took out and he took him by the right hand. And he grabbed him and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that man immediately felt something go through him. The Bible said that he felt strength go into his feet and his ankles. And he stood up and he started walking and everybody started praising God. One voice, one voice. And before they were done, 5,000 people had been added to the church. One voice speaking the same thing. What did they speak? Well, you can read it in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. He said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. They spoke Jesus. You know what happened? They got arrested. How many, now, okay, let me finish this sentence. How many of you have ever been arrested for preaching the gospel? See, I'm convinced that there are hands that could go up all across this audience if we've ever been arrested. But if it was for speaking the gospel, I just saw my friends Doug and Lane in here. Can I tell you real quick a little side story of how much they love me? We were in Mexico and had a rollover. Everybody say just one voice. Had a rollover. I was driving a truck and it hadn't rained in three months. And I hit this, all of a sudden it started to rain. Well, it caused all the oil to come up on the road. And I hit this slick spot and it was like ice. And I started toward the ditch and I I was trying to get control of it and I couldn't get control of it. And I thought, well, when I get in this ditch, I'll get control of it. The ditch was bone dry. So when I hit the ditch, the wheels went like that, and the truck flipped up and went bam, and then it, and it came back down, and I've got a hold of the steering wheel trying to pull my head off of the door because it smashed that door, and I was afraid that a piece of metal was going to shear off and go through my head, and then it popped back up. It totaled that truck out. They, the, the missionary came, and he told me, he said, Ricky, he said, you need to go to the hospital. I said, no, I'm okay. I said, we need to take this other guy to the hospital that was with me because his head was bleeding. He needs some stitches. He said, Rick, you need to go to the hospital. I said, Jerry, I'm all right. He comes to me the third time. He said, Rick, you need to go to the hospital. I said, Jerry, I told you I'm all right. He said, Rick, if you don't go to the hospital, they're going to arrest you and take you to jail. I said, I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> I went, I went, I tell you, I, I'm not making this up. I immediately turned around and climbed up into that ambulance. Shut the door, man. Let's go. <laughs> So we get out, you know, and, 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 you know, and I'm back at, I, I said, we're getting out of here, man. We, we left Mexico. I said, I'll deal from this from stateside. And so, you know, Lane and Jerry come up to me, and she comes up, and she says, Rick. I said, what? Because they went back over there. They went back. They crossed the border to check something. They said, Rick, he said, they've held Doug. I said, what do you mean they held Doug? They said the officer grabbed Doug, and they said he is not releasing him until you come back over. And, man, guys that were with me, man, are frantic there. And I said, well, let me, let me go get my stuff. And I walk out, and they go, and he, the guy's literally saying, you, it was Pat Hook. He's going, you, you're not going. You're not, you, you, you can't go. I said, Pat, take it easy. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I get in the car, you know, and, man, my heart's boom, 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 boom. I'm not letting you know. I'm not, I'm not sitting here acting like, oh, hey, come on, bring it on. 
I was sitting there, man, my heart was beating. I'm thinking, dear God, I don't want to go to jail. You know, I don't want to go back over to Mexico and all this. And so we're driving, headed for the border. And all of a sudden, I looked up at the missionary. I said, Jerry, turn in here to Sanborns. It was the insurance company that we took insurance out with to go into that country. And so I said, turn in here to Sanborns. I said, I, I want to get them as an agent. Jerry acts like he doesn't hear me. I said, Jerry, turn into Sanborns. He starts acting like he's on the phone talking to somebody. I said, Jerry, turn this vehicle into Sanborns. And all of a sudden, I see them laugh. And I said, I can't believe you just did that to me. Thank God when people love you like that. <laughs> she was one voice, and she's not any bigger than a minute. But she had my heart pounding. She had me, she had me praying in tongues. You know what I mean? I, I was scared to death. One voice. Let me share something with you. One voice. How many of you, how many of you have ever had one voice create turmoil in your heart? How many of you have ever had one voice bring peace to your heart? Isn't it amazing what one voice can do? So Peter tells them, he said, that 5,000 people give their heart to God. They arrest them and put them in jail, and they bring them out the next day. And all the rulers are questioning, said, man, what are we going to do? He said, everybody knows that a miracle's been done, but we, you know, if we keep them arrested, a riot is going to break out over one voice. And they said, look, bring them out here, and we're going to threaten them that they quit spewing this propaganda that they quit talking about this man Jesus and so they bring them out and they threaten them and Peter looks at him and said now if you think I'm going to listen to you instead of God well I just, can I I'm putting this in my own translation right now you're out of your mind he says, if, if you think, he said, if you think I ought to obey man rather than God, he said, you judge that. What's he saying? He's saying, you're nuts. I am not going to listen to you. And then he looks at them and he says, I can't help but speak the things that I have seen and heard. Can I ask you a question? Have you seen anything? Have you heard anything? Has God ever done something in your life that had such an impact on you that you couldn't keep it quiet, that you had to share it with somebody? It's time to let your voice be heard. Would you stand with me today? Let your voice be heard. Let me... Step back down. Go ahead, step back down. What are you doing, Pastor? I, you look like you needed a break. Okay, stay with me here. Stay with me. Hold on, I'm not quite finished. So John makes a statement and he rallies everybody, right? To the point that Jesus goes into Jerusalem and the whole crowd with one voice are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Man, doesn't that just, have you ever been in a place where all of a sudden you felt 
the presence of God and people were praising and worshiping God. And man, it was so thick you could cut it with a knife. I mean, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name. And it began to affect everybody that was around there. Some folks that I believe that there were people in that crowd that day that really didn't even know Jesus that well, that had just heard about him and they got caught up in it. Hosanna, Hosanna. Oh, and they said, whoa, this feels good. A week later, everybody say one week. The shouts of Hosanna are gone. They can't be heard. Let, let me tell you what was heard a week later. It's John 19, 6 to 15, and 15. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out saying, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, you take him and crucify him. I find no fault in him. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest, everybody say the chief priest. Everybody say the powerful, the chief puba. The chief priest said to them, or answered and said, we have no king but Caesar. Wow. I mean, stop and think about what just happened there. Chief priests are the people that are in charge of the temple. They're the ones that are teaching the people about who God's supposed to be. But when push came to shove, God was no longer their king. They said, we have no king but Caesar. No wonder they're crying out, crucify him. They've traded God in for the world. They forsook Christ and embraced Caesar. We need to make up our mind who our king is. Because whoever we crown as king in our hearts determines whether we cry out in worship or we sit in silence. We live in a world that's divided. I mean, I've never seen this nation more divided in my lifetime. And people, even Christian people, we're getting so entrenched in politics that we're missing it. You remember a few weeks ago, the Lord gave me that, that he spoke that to me at night and I preached to you about it. He said, you can't change their minds. You have to change their hearts. And then he said, stir up the gift that's in you. One voice. <laughs> there have been times, a few, just, just a I mean, just a few times in my life, I've felt the anointing of God many times, but a few times in my life when I got up and it was like an out-of-body experience. Things were coming out of me and in the back of my head, I thought, what is going on? What's happening? And, and there, it was such a, I, I can't explain it. it. It was like someone had taken control and it felt so good. 
I wish it happened every time I got up. But you see, there's a time that God will speak through you, and there's a time when you have to speak for God. Find your voice. Some of you may be in here today that have lived in silence for whatever reason. Could have been that in high school you were bullied and you just lived in silence. And then sometimes it could be that you live in silence because when you found yourself saying something, you were saying the wrong thing. And have you ever been there before where it's like, man, I, I should have just kept my mouth shut. And so we tend to live in that silence, and that's not what God wants. God is trying to help us discover our voice. But what our voice is saying is going to make all the difference in the world. You see, a man by the name of Polycarp in his 70s or 80s was arrested, and he was going to be put to death unless he denied Christ. And this is history. He would not deny Christ. Friends that were close to him was begging him, Polycarp, just deny him, man, and you can live your years out in peace. He said, I won't do it. They said, they're going to chop your head off. He said, I bring on the chopping block. I'm not going to deny him. Well, we'll, we'll end up you know, dragging your whatever. They, they told several things. If you want the full account, you can read it in the Fox Book of Martyrs. But they, and he wouldn't do it. And then all of a sudden they said, if you don't deny him, we're going to burn you at the stake. And when they said that, he got excited. And the reason he got excited, because the night before, if I remember right, he had had a dream of his pillow burning or something, you know, that he was in fire. And he believed that that was how God wanted him to glorify him. So he looked at him, he said, he said, okay, he said, do that. He said, but don't nail me to the stake. When they burn people at the stake, they would take their hands and nail them to wood because if they tied them and the ropes burned off, they would run out of the fire. He said, you've got my word, I won't, I won't run. So they didn't nail him. And all of a sudden, they put this older man in a, a pile of wood, tied him up at the stake, and they set it on fire. And the fire arched over him. <laughs> It wasn't burning him. When they expected to smell the stench of flesh, they smelt the aroma of a sweet perfume coming out of that fire. <laughs> and that old man was in there praising God. They looked at that and people's, do you understand the impact that that voice was having? Him praising God in the middle of that and the soldiers, some of these soldiers drew bows and, and shot arrows at him. And the arrows, when they shot him with the arrow, there was so much blood that came out of his body, it put the fire out. There's not that much blood in a human body. But can I remind you that there is a fountain that does not run dry, that is forever in the presence of God. They finally continued shooting him until he closed his eyes in this life and opened them in the presence of God. One voice that decided there are some things that are still worth dying for. Don't live in darkness. 
Don't live in silence any longer. Let God give you your voice. Say, I don't know what to say. Let him say it through you. Let him say it to you. And then you share it with others. Would you stand with me? You can stand now. One voice. I wish if, if, there's an, if, if I don't get anything else communicated in this room today, I hope you take away from this that your voice can make a difference. Your voice matters. A child that's been beat down, all it takes is a voice of encouragement to help them look up. I shared this the other day. I was talking about, you know, feeling the anointing and all that. Man, power. I got caught up in all that. I got to the point where I felt like, man, that just happens every time I get up. And I, I got up, Ray, and I had cowboy boots on, and I kicked my boots off. And I looked out at the congregation. I said, I can't preach with my boots on. I kicked them off. I never did preach that day. I did a lot of stuttering and stammering, and, but I learned a valuable lesson. When I walked off of there with those boots in my hand, I had a sobering reminder, this isn't about me. This is all about him. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do as you stretch your hands to heaven today. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you find your voice. If you've had a case of spiritual laryngitis, you're getting ready to get healed right now in Jesus' name. If you've been in silence and you've lived in the shadows, you're coming out today in Jesus' name. If you've struggled to be able to express yourself and you haven't been able to find the right words, you're going to find the right words today in Jesus' name. Come on, stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. Father, we thank you that you are alive and well. And I pray today, God, that you rest your hand on each life. God, settle down in their hearts and let that spirit of Christ that dwells within them rise up out of their hearts and make its way through their mouth so they can give voice of praise and worship to you we praise you for it we thank you for it show us that one voice can make a difference everybody shout in Jesus name amen come on give me a hand clap of praise they're gonna come look if you're in here today and you say pastor I need a little bit more than a group prayer I want you to come down to the front of this building right now as they begin to sing. Go ahead and come on down. Come on down.
about finding your voice. It's about speaking the right thing. Some of us found our voice, but we're not speaking the right thing. And so our voice gets us in trouble. How many of you have ever had that happen to you? God is saying, I want you not to just surrender your heart to me. Give me your tongue. <laughs> Let me touch your tongue. He did that to one man. Man couldn't speak. He got, he, well, I'm not going to do that unless he tells me to. But you know, when he spit on his tongue, he just. And so the first words that come out of this guy's mouth that Peter touched are praises to God. You can't go wrong with praising God. So you say, Pastor, what should I do? Just praise God until he tells you what else you ought to say. <laughs> Just praise God until the rest of it comes. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, today, my tongue belongs to Jesus. <laughs> and I'm going to use it to praise him. Come on and give him a shout of praise. God bless you today. We love you. Remember, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. And if God be for you, who, my friend, can be against you?